On this episode of the Faded Golf Podcast, John and I give you the Masters preview of all Masters previews. I'm, I'm not going to lie. We're going to tell you who to bet. We're going to tell you who we like. We're going to tell you who we don't like. We're going to tell you who makes the cut. We're going to tell you who does not make the cut. Um, whether you like it or not. Now, the cool part about this is that it's in November. Uh, the Masters is in November. It's different. It's exciting. Um, it did take us a while to ramp up to this, but we're pumped. We're excited to see uh, DeChambeau, see what he can do, as well as obviously all these other guys get out there and do what they do. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Stay till the end. At the end, we give you our actual like gambling picks as well as we actually review three different bourbons, or at least give you feedback on three different bourbons. We hope you all enjoy this. Uh, have a good one. Thanks. I've got this one about two balls out to the right. I'm telling you, man, it's a speed putt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode three of season three of the Fated Golf Podcast. I am Mark Julene, joined as always, with John Falkenberg. Hello. Hello. We are in the, uh, I don't know, my basement tonight. Yeah. I don't know what this is. This is like the game basement, apparently, or something. I don't it's know. It's a good basement. We got lots of games. A lot of, there's a big screen. Big screen. Projector. Got, there's a got bar. A new projector. A very good bar. Three, three-year-old projector. Poof. Would it cost more to repair it than buy a new one? That doesn't sound right. Nope. Just doesn't. Nope. Probably had a, a two-year, six-month warranty on it. Probably like a, it's probably like even a one-year. Who knows? Uh-huh. But it was stupid. But my guy had one that he had upgraded to a 4K projector. He's like, hey, I've just got this basically sitting in my house. I upgraded to a, a 4K projector. The bulb, I've got a brand new bulb in it. How much shit is 4K anyways? Like is most of TV 4K? Most TVs now are 4K, but wow. these projectors, these 4K projectors are like 5000 6000 bucks. So I'm like, I'm not buying a 5000 $6,000 projector. I'll buy the $1,000, $2,000 projector, which is about much a TV cost. And not notice a lick of difference. And probably not notice much of a difference. And he goes, I tell you what, I've got one with a brand new bulb in it, and I've got a brand new extra bulb I will give to you for $500. What? And with the projector that's a 1080p Whatever, and I go sold. <laughs> <laughs> so done. Shout shout hey, out to Lifestyle got, Integrations here you, in uh, you got Westfield. The, you got the golden tea. You have. Yep, I got, you I got, got a, the old school golden tea. You got a dartboard. Dartboard. We got, you got air, air hockey. hockey. You got bubble hockey. Yep, we got the bubble hockey. We got the like five hundred all in game classic arcade shuffleboard. Shuffleboard. We got a little putting green down uh, here. I'll show you what I I I purchased today for the basement. Um, I got a photo for you, by the way. I got something for the. Got the I got a golf picture for the golf room. Oh, sweet. That I'm giving to you. I got a, I ordered this uh, three in one today. A table like this, but then it's got the bumper pool. Oh, you can flip it? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, I've seen so many of them. I, I could get a little like oh, cheaper, yeah. but I bought a Poker good table. one. I bought yeah. a good one. I like it. You should. You, you owe it to yourself to buy a good quality stuff. Did you get the chairs, like nice yeah. chairs too, wheels and I was stuff. I'll show this to you. It's going to neat. You'll have to, uh, have to look at that. So um what, so hey, it's Masters week, John. In November. What do you think of that? Masters in November? I don't 
I mean, we talked about it last week. We weren't... Um, Two weeks ago, actually. But <laughs> who's counting? Who's counting? We're like on an every other week schedule, so sorry to the fans who like us every week. But Yeah, um, trying to get pumped. Um, it's Augusta. Trying to get pumped. So I was watching some stuff this week, yeah. working on it, getting pumped. I think a lot of the even players are like, it just doesn't feel the same without the patrons here. Yeah. And they're just like, okay. And, you know, I told you I was going to come out and just say something right away. Is, you know, just hearing Bryson's interview today, the what he says, look, it's just, you're asking me what I'm going to take advantage of. He's like, Paige's not going to be here. He's like, you know, the bunkers on 18. He goes, I'm going to carry those on the left where patrons would be so I can have an easier shot in on 18. Do you know how? I mean, think about that for a second. It's a 300, what, 320? Yeah. And he's going to carry it over to the left where people would be. Where people would typically be, like in the rough. But and there's no rough at Augusta. So he has like he described he has five or six spots. Yeah. On the course, five or six holes where, where he's, he's basically cutting across holes or where like people would be. Not being field forced to go down the fairway of that hole because yeah. there's no people there. Yeah. And the, you know, the rough there is not really that bad. Oh, the rough is nothing. Yeah. The rough is it's not even really rough. I mean, that grass isn't even really real there. You just I don't avoid think. you just avoid trees. I mean, do you, Remember the first time you went? Yeah, it was, it was. And you and you touched the grass. You remember that? Yeah. I can. I can. It's vivid in my mind. I was like, "This is not real." It felt like plastic or something. It was crazy. And so, no, the rough. The rough is nothing. But nothing. the way that he was describing what he's going to approach, I'm like, it, the people at, at Augusta National, the uh, guys that run it, they're just you know they're they're shitting themselves. Hearing him say that. They are because he is. If, if he goes there and like wins by five or six shots, they fucking might not want to invite him back. <laughs> but I'm all for him winning and doing the way he wants. I don't. He still, he I don't still has to make putts, and he still has to hit the wedge shots. So I, I mean, did you see the whole list of what he basically? So he played with. I don't know if he played with Sandy Lyle, maybe, in a practice round on Monday or something like that. And Sandy told him every club told the. Whoever interviewed him, every club he had into every green, he had the longest club he had into a par five was like seven iron. <laughs> and he had wedge into basically every hole. I bet you had a wedge into uh He might have had a nine iron. I don't know. What about, do you think he had a wedge in on 13? Par five. Uh, 13 par five. Same in corner. He might have had nine iron. Or something it's 500 like that. yards, right? I, it, dude, I'm telling you. It's uh, he just he, think what he'll he, do he, on he, two. He drove it over the green on three with a three wood. It's 350 yard hole. He drove it over the green with a three. So, think at number two. They say yeah. he can carry those, like go over those trees. He, he hits had, it high too. He had um, he might have had a wedge into that. On two? Yeah. How does he get it that high? He, this he is created, deg- his swing speed creates so much spin that the ball just right. Like his driver's like four degrees loft. Because if he had any additional loft, it would just 
I mean, he everything would just rise. His three wood is like eleven degrees. It's like a driver. So he has four degrees. He tees it up super high. I just can't believe how his spin rate is not that high, is it? Well, no, not when you're four degrees and you're optimal. Now, here's the thing he's done. See, everybody thinks he's just bulked up, right? It, it that that's not that's not the whole thing. It isn't the bulk as much bulked up as this guy has studied like the track man and tweaking clubs and getting his setup perfectly right with like the single length clubs, all this stuff to optimize his spin, launch, distance. And he's he's done that on top. I mean, if you look at it, he doesn't look like he's I don't even think he's swinging much harder than like a long drive champion would or something like that. I mean, he looks like he's swinging fast, but I think he's got those clubs set up where the club's just firing See, through. Where I think he is figured out. So he is not like at US Open, he te- he wasn't the longest guy there. Wolf was out driving him on average. There was a couple other guys and other tournaments that he's been getting out driven. Where he has, I think, made it happen is that he figured out that I got bigger that he could control that high a swing speed that much. So that like that that strength interesting, yeah. That stability yep. created more straight shots because I would agree with that. He's just he's he's more in control of his body. Yes. Right? Yeah. Which makes sense, which is also makes sense why Tiger worked out and Rory worked out and these all these guys like just exercise as much as they did because they knew if they could control their body more, not only could they hit it farther, but you're more centered, you're yeah. stronger, you're yeah. It's uh I hope he wins. Well, I'm I not pointing I too. I hope he wins just because I love what he does. I used to like the guys, the guy is a bit of a deep, but I just I think he believes so much in what he's doing and he's committed to it. How awesome is that? But he didn't win the U.S. Open because of driving. He putted insane. Putted great. He putted great. And what? And if you look at, so I listened a little bit of Hank Haney podcast today, and they were talking about like how shitty of a putter he was when he started out on tour, and like how much he's improved it. It's like, dude, he was a just not a good putter, and he has totally improved yeah. that part of his game. It's good. And he doesn't care. Dude, he doesn't care that the narrative is all about his driving because he's getting the attention. That's yeah. more money for him. Yeah. He knows that part of his game is just as important to him as driving is putting. How much do you think DraftKings just paid him to be a sponsor, to put that on his bag and his hat? I bet you they paid him a mint. Just, yeah, he, has put that, he, he just added DraftKings to his sponsor. Oh, my God. It's going to be on his bag. It's on the side of his hat. I guarantee you they just paid him like multi-million. That had to be oh a multi-million God. dollar deal. Oh my God! I mean, so here, here's his clubs. I found it. Ready? This is the practice round he played with Lyle. Number one, which is a 445 yard par four, and Nick Faldo, by the way, said uphill. that uphill. Nick Faldo said that if he drives that green, he'll run around Augusta naked, which I thought was fun. <laughs> that was hilarious because um, he doesn't think he can. Uh, he had a sand wedge in, but now keep in mind, Bryson hits his sand wedge like. 140 yards. So that means he hit a 310-yard yeah, drive uphill. Cl- okay. Club length is the yeah. same as a 7-iron. It's just still weird, but... So, anyway. Um, number two, the par 5 you were talking about. 
which does go downhill. He had eight iron in. Which he, he hits, hits like 180. He hits his eight iron, like 180, 190, something like that. Um, number three, 350-yard hole, over the green with a three-wood off the tee. Number eight, par five, uh, 570. He had seven iron in. Uh, number nine, 460 yards, sand wedge in. Uh, Ten, he had a 495-yard hole. Most of these guys, if they don't hit the slot, you know, it could be bad. Well, he had pitching wedge in. <laughs> um, Eleven, one of the toughest holes on the golf course, uh, 505 yards. He had nine iron. Uh, Thirteen, which you were like, did he have – you know, sand wedge in there. He actually had a, a seven iron, but he hit um, three wood off the tee. So, you know, he laid up. Uh, 15, the other par five, he had nine iron in on 15. Nine iron. Think about that for a second. That's actually now, that is incredible. How long is it? 560, 570? It is a 530-yard par five. five. It's, not, it's not real long, but it's got that big pond in front of it. And I remember seeing, like, whether it was Couples or Faldo or Nicholas or whatever, hitting long irons into that. So after they maybe hit a 270-yard, 280-yard drive, then they had 230, 240 in, and they were hitting long irons into that. That dude literally had a nine iron in. Brooksy and Tiger, I've seen they had, like, seven to eight irons. I've seen that before. And then uh, on 17, 440 yards, he had a sand wedge in. So the guy literally doesn't hit. Uh, more than a nine iron you know hard that on a par is? four. You know how hard that hole is? 17. Oh, it's tough. Super tough. <laughs> he's just, dude, he's changing the game. It's it's how far he's, because there's, there's a couple guys that can hit as far as him or farther. Yeah. They're just not as consistent. They aren't, and I'm not sure they hit their irons as far as he does either. No. So th- that's one of the things that I think is really fascinating as well is that um, we talk about like how he's hitting, uh, you know, 360 yard drives or whatever. Well, a lot of these dudes are hitting at 335 or 340. They're 20, 25 yards behind them. It's not like they're, you know, it's not like they're still hitting at 300, or it's not like they're hitting it as far as everyday Joe hitting at 230 or something like down 250 down the middle or whatever. I mean, even Tyler Duncan's going to poke one out there 300 yards, and Zach Johnson's going to maybe hit one 290 with the current. You know, clubs and stuff like that. But your call, will he win this week? I've got my call. You want it right now? Yeah, right. Or do, now. Are we going to do this later? Well, we'll do it when later. We... But I, but well, let's, let's no. I want to, I want to go down a list later of like our favorites. But I want to, like but whatever, I want to, I just want, we can have this one guy right now. We'll have a favorites here right. in a minute, but the one guy, will he win it? Will he win it this week? If he pots well, yes. I just, what's your call? What's your hunch? My my hunch is he's a top ten. That's mine too. I, he's a top ten. I don't think he. I don't think he's outside the top ten. He's not a great putter. He won't. But maybe he's figured something out with his putting, because he's not a great putter. Well, here's what he's. I don't think he is. So because he hits his nine iron that far, because he hits his wedges so far, he's still hitting those clubs. A distance like we do. So so. Back, like back up for a second. So think about this. When you have 170 yards into a hole, that's still a pretty good distance into a hole. Even 150 yards into a hole is a pretty good distance into a hole. When you talk about getting accuracy and getting close to, it's not about the, I'm not as interested sometimes. 
I would actually would have loved to seen not what club he hit into each one of those. I would have liked to see how far out was he. Because if you tell me that he's got a, a hunt, like that sand wedge, for example. So if they said sand wedge, okay, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, he's got a 105, 110-yard shot, which would be like my sand wedge, right? No, he's hitting that sand wedge 130 yards. So that's like my pitching wedge. So think about how much more accurate you are or how accurate you are with a pitching wedge versus your sand wedge too. Same, same difference. People are thinking like it's the club that matters on accuracy. It's still distance. The further the ball has to travel, the more odds that it can, it can vary a little bit. Um, yeah, I agree. I do agree with that, but I think, um, the, I think the most important stat that we should research is his his accuracy off the tee. Yes. That has to be the most important. Because now he's like, everybody keeps talking about his driving, which is great, but he still isn't technically the longest guy, is nope. he? Nope, Matt Wolf. So Matt's not as accurate. There's no way no. he is. But but Matt, here's here's my thing. That this is where If it's Matt come gets down more to. accurate, oh my God. And this is where Matt could get better too than Bryson because he doesn't have single-length clubs and isn't all beefed up and whatever else, too. I think the key to this is is not the person that um, uh, who's driving it the longest. It's the guy who hits the best approach shots. And so my point to this, my point that I was kind of getting to here is I don't give a shit what club he has in, in his hand. He still has to hit it close. And so if he has a pitching wedge in his hand from 160 yards away and Justin Thomas from the same, let's say, similar distance, 160 yards away or something like that, has uh, a nine iron, I'm still taking Justin Thomas with a nine iron versus Bryson DeChambeau with the gap wedge. I agree. Because I think Justin Thomas is a much better iron player. I'll take Tiger Woods all freaking day with a nine iron over Bryson with a sand wedge. Yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about I'm done talking about Bryson. I mean, right. look, we've gave him a, you know, we, we talk about him a lot. He's got to hit good approach shots and he's got to he, hit putts. He, he's he's going to be in the top 10, though, because he's a definition. He, he's, he's playing good golf right now. Yeah, he's playing good golf. He's just playing good golf. But he's, he's, capturing, he's capturing a narrative that's yeah. it's just, it's not even. The guy's just playing good golf right now. No different than Spieth did 18 years ago. <laughs> Two and a half. <laughs> he's playing he, good golf right now. So, um, well, whether, Bryson, whether, whether it's because of the technology or the strength or the whatever, it doesn't matter. He's playing good golf right now. Bryson, you think he won't put it? He, I don't think. I'm glad he, that we went straight into Bryson because look, we're getting it. Out I, I want to get it, get it out of the because he created this narrative, this yeah, this this social media. We're, so, we're 17 wanted, minutes in and we're just. talking. But I wanted to leak over to to Tiger. You yep. just so perfect. Good segue. He's playing like garbage. He right now. Yeah, he his, could miss the cut. His his putting is atrocious. He could miss the cut. Um, now, I think he actually grind. I think he's like he's he. I, I bet you this past week he like he he's like I gotta get I gotta do something. Yeah, I think he knows the course well enough. He anytime you've been a think about like your best rounds of golf anywhere. Like you go back to that course and it just feels good. It's kind of like why guys who after they've won a tournament the next year that tournament comes in. They still play decent, and sometimes they even win it again, you know, the following year because – and I'm talking about any time in the PGA Tour, right? Because they just like – that that course suits their eye, and they start to get a comfort level. Tiger has a comfort level with, with Augusta. He does. 
Now, is he going to be is, – is what happened last year going to happen? Probably not. Probably his not. Is, his putting is so bad right now. Yeah, probably not. But could he get on a heater and have a great day at Augusta and um, maybe barely make the cut and then have a great freaking Saturday or something, you know, Saturday or something like that and put himself kind of in where everybody's all interested or something? Sure. But I think he, he could easily also be like a backdoor top 20 kind of guy. <laughs> I don't know. I was looking at him, just like kind of looking around and, you know, just his body language around Augusta. He's serious, though. Like, you can tell oh, when he, you can tell when he's starting to get locked in. Like, he's starting to get, like, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> you can tell. In other tournaments, I've seen it. It just didn't seem like he gave a shit. Like, he just didn't. This, he does. He comes here and there's something about it. He's like, I want to fucking win. Did, has he ever missed the cut? Yet? Augusta? Probably, but maybe once. I'm not sure if he's ever missed the cut there. I, I don't one know. Time. I do not know. That's a statistic we might have to look up later. But I I think a guy I the guy who my top five favorites, we can kind of leak into that a little bit but I still want to say a couple more things about Tiger. If you look at his stats for two thousand twenty, they're just I mean, he's all in like the hundreds, hundred and fifties, like strokes gained, putting, he's like in like one fifty. Yep. Approach, approach shots to green. He's in, he, everything's in the hundreds. But he is the only guy that I think could turn it around. The only guy, like, on PJ Tour that could totally turn around and play very well there. And, like, people wouldn't be surprised. Other guys, you're not going to see probably, uh, you know, you're probably not going to see. I mean, Spieth has a very small chance of doing well there, even though he always plays well there. It, I just think he can't turn around his game that quick right now. No, and and I do feel he'll like the course the is going to play long. He'll pay. He'll make the cut. I think he'll make the cut because he's just that. You know, he's just that grinder. Yeah. He need, here. Let's just leak a little bit over to Spieth. What do you think Spieth should do to get back to form? I've got a couple of theories. I think one is he's go see Jason Carbone. All right, back, back up, back, back up. We got to do like what we just did with uh, Bryson. Where's Tiger end up this weekend? Uh, he misses cut. Misses the cut. Misses the cut. I think he barely makes the cut and maybe a backdoor top 20, maybe. But barely makes the cut. My call is he misses the cut. I, I like it. It's fine, too. But he, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, too, because I, I think it's always a better tournament when Tiger's in it on the weekend. So um, I'd love to, that's maybe why I'm pulling for him to barely make the cut. Of course, then he'll steal some TV coverage when they won't follow the leaders. But whatever, it'll be fine. I I hope he makes because I yeah. love watching Tiger play golf. Yep, we all do. I well, miss I sort it. Of mine's missed the cut. Right. So, so let's leak over. To, let's let's leak over Jordan. Yep, what, another guy that's struggling. What does he need to do to improve his game? Just give me three things. I went not like five. Just three things that he should do to improve his game. I've got him in my mind. What he needs to do. Yeah, he needs to switch to Cobra Golf. Um, he needs to go to one length irons. He needs to bulk up. <laughs> okay, that was three things. It was pretty quick. There you go. I might have been a joke, but it could be serious too. And we might need to make that big of a change. Mine is he needs to eliminate one side of the golf course. Yeah. He needs to do it. Yeah. His problem right now has been Hogue, like Bing Ho to beginning of his career. Yeah. Hooks. Yep. yep. Totally getting his head. He doesn't know which way it's going. Doesn't know what eliminate one side, man. And then, and uh, then, and then go for distance. 
No, no distance. No distance. No distance. <laughs> Get rid of his swing coach. Change caddies. That's my three things. Yeah. Get rid of Cameron. Get rid of beloved Michael. And move on, bud. It's a business. It's, it's time. It's a yes. At this point, it is a business because Under Armour is a golf brand that is kind of just like floundering in my mind. And but when he was wearing it, and when he was winning. It was like one of the coolest freaking brands you could go out and buy because he was essentially the face of it. And now it's like, eh, whatever. Yeah, you I know? agree. And I think, I think them as a brand, too, they've been struggling anyhow, but not, not just in the golf space. And that's, whole, that's a whole other business conversation that maybe I've been reading too much about or hearing little things about. So anyway, point is, is that uh, um, seriously, other than copying the Bryson um, piece, I, I think that uh, uh, I agree with you. Spieth needs to um, go talk to some other people. It's like when you, it, it, it's any time when somebody gets into a rut. You either have to work yourself out of the rut or the dip or whatever you're in. Um, but the way to do that is to not just keep digging the fucking hole. It, it, sorry, you're, you're in the hole. You don't just dig it deeper. He's got to make a big change. He has to make a change. Big change. And what's he got to lose? Like what's, what's he afraid to, that, so, Fear, fear fucks with golfers. It absolutely fucks with golfers. We're afraid to go left. We're afraid to do this. We're afraid to, you know, uh, continue to make the same error that we know we've made in the past. And, like, these things keep slipping in your head. That's why I think as you get older as a golfer, there's good parts about getting older as a golfer because I think you've experienced certain shots before. But at the same, in the same breath, because you've ex- experienced those shots before, poor shots they also leak into your head. So it's like the shot you have that you have to flop over the bunker, sometimes what can get in your head is like, I've had this shot before. I've hit a good shot with that before. And you go in and you step into it and be like, I'm just going to do this just like the last time I did it. But there's also the thought that the last time you chunked it into the bunker, that can slip into your head. So there's a mental fortitude as you get older and you hit those, goes, go through those experiences. But when you hit a rut or a wall or whatever like speed stun, Dude, you have to not necessarily start over, but you definitely got to you got to bust something up. You have to bust something well, it's, up. It's a big change. He needs got to blow it up. He needs to change like something that he's going to have to go where he can count on it. Yep. And commit to it. Because right now he's just mixed up. He's so mixed up. He's like he gets on the uh, on the tee, he's like I don't know where the fuck this is going. He could pick I've a been, target. I've, and hey dude, I've been there. I've been there. It's like I don't Fickle. know where, Phil Mickelson has been there almost his whole freaking career with driving the ball. I know. It's crazy. That He's is, one of the worst drivers of the golf ball, but yet one of the best players we've ever watched. It's because his, his, he just has magic. The oh, way his he, hands are amazing. I mean, he can his irons, the way he could work balls. Yes. And his short game was just off the short charts. Short game magical. Off the charts. Even though he's not like the most amazing putter, his short game. That actually surprised me, and we talked about this before on a previous episode, because you pulled up statistics on him, like, where do you think he lands in putting? I have, Maybe I always assumed, because I love his stroke. He's just kind of buttery, whatever, like, stroke. It's not very, like, but his stats aren't he's great. not as, yeah, he's not as good of a putter as, as you'd think. It's his short game. So, like, uh. he, he puts himself in position to get up and down a lot, and I think when you get a wedge in his hand, he's pretty damn good. Um, I think he's he's struggled off the tee for years, and but he's got a great. He can get so hot. Yes. And when his when his when his driver's working, it's super long. Yep. 
and on his con- when his confidence goes up, he's one of those guys. I mean, you've seen enough interviews with him. You just know that once his confidence starts to go up, it's on, right? I mean, it's just game on. Yeah, and and nobody beats him. And and Spieth had that two and a half years ago too, where like his con- when his confidence was up, he was like, I can make every putt. I can hit every shot. He didn't even care when he blasted it he at care. the British Open when he blasted it behind the freaking cart barn or whatever the hell that thing was over there. He st- and still ended up what getting up and down for par or bogey or whatever. Like he didn't give a shit. He won that British after he blew up at the Masters. Masters, yeah. remember that? Yes. So that's what amazed me about that. It's like so the guy has the ability to come back. He blew a five shot lead when he's on twelve at the back nine at the Masters. A five shot lead. There's no question Dude, the guy should You don't even blow a five-shot lead <laughs> on the back nine of the Masters because you're one of the most consistent players uh, I've ever uh, well, played with. Well, uh, I mean... I don't know. You that, might have folded under that pressure, that, too. I mean, but I mean, any... That we are tw- still amateurs. But hold on. I don't think I would have quad 12. No. No, you wouldn't have put it in the water. You twice. just pull it. Fucking pull that shot left. Go well, in the left bunker well, and get the fuck well, out of the boat. Like like Tiger did on Sunday. Yeah. He's pull sitting it. there. He's like, I don't give a shit if I go at that pin. I'm going to pull it over. I'm going to two putt from the left side of the green. Yeah. That's what he did. And that's what you do. Yeah. You get your par and get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Instead of trying to, because that thing, there's something about that, that, what it does. It, there's a swirling wind up in there that can catch it and just pff, done. Like Ian Poulter goes, what did he say when he last? It was nineteen. He goes, he goes. I had a bet my house. He goes. He said I would have bet my house. I had a good shot. And he was with, was he with Brooks? I think it was Brooks. He goes. I'd bet my house that I hit a fantastic shot. Goes in the water. So you're almost better off either aiming left of the traps or aiming right at the traps in the middle of the green because if that trap short of the green catches your ball, it's still better than. Being right in the freaking water. Yeah, have to drop. I'd, I'd much rather at least like have a chance at an up and down and possibly get a bogey than shit being pitching over the water again. Fuck that. No. No. I mean, look at Hoping that. to get up and down for a bogey? Yeah. And then put, put me in the sand trap right or, now. Or chunking it and I'd, taking a quad. Yeah. I'd, I'll, I'll, I'll take a drop in the sand trap over the water right now on Sunday with a five-shot lead. Guess I will. 100%. Yeah. Because you can possibly still make a par. Yeah. Put me in the bunker long. Fine. Okay. I know I got to chip back toward the water, but I can chunk. I could putt that fucking thing out of there if I had to. It'd be great. <laughs> this is my hack ass. Well, so. So, Spieth, what's he going to do this week? He'll make the cut. You think he's going to make the cut? Yeah. See, I've got him as missing a cut. I have him making the cut. Miss cut. He's been playing like shit. I don't see it changing. <laughs> Um, I like how we're going through the guys. I I, I can't yeah. I can't say like oh you're a fucking raw. I'll bet you money. I'm not gonna bet you money on that because no. it. All right, Greg Norman, how's he gonna do this week? <laughs> <laughs> Let's move. Let's move to. All right, so we're moving on to um, Tyler Duncan. T Dunk. T Dunk. So uh, a guest of the show, hopefully at some point. <laughs> Trying, but uh, we well we tried to have he was on a break, and he took a little vacation during that kind of West Coast California Las Vegas swing, and we missed him, which was bad. That was our bad. It was not his bad. It was our bad. We we had we could have had him, but we missed him. Well, shout out to T Dunk, first Masters. I was yeah, talking. I was pumped. texting back and forth with our uh, guy that's been on here, uh, Scotty Scotty Bush, and he said he talked to him yesterday. Yeah. Um, 
and said uh, he's feeling good, feeling confident about his game. Good. Said he's, you know, kind of losing his shit. He's at the Masters. Right. Um, but I mean, I was Max Homa, you know, because he does the his podcast with um, Bacon. And, you know, he's kind of doing the same thing, kind of shitting his pants because he's at the Masters. But let me see what uh, what's going to say. He said Scott thinks he can handle the length. Of course, Scott, who hits it as far as Bryson. Um, he just, he goes, so the thing he said, he says he'll have to putt his ass off to make the cut. Now let's talk about putting. So this is one of those statistics that I think um, you should really look at when you're talking about going into Augusta because putting is so crucial there. Now, I think guys who have played the course before and kind of know some of the nuances of the pin positions and some different things like that, I think they have an advantage for putting, and I think that's where Tyler's kind of screwed. However, Tyler, from a putting... Excellent putter. um, He is a top putter, at least over the, the 2021 season. That have, what is that like? Probably six tournaments or whatever. The ones that he's played in. You checked the stat. Was he? Looked? He's 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 a top, you know, forty top wow. twenty five type putter. Wow. Inside, depending on categories. So, like inside ten feet, like those kind of like solid putter. And I mean, we saw it. Dude's a good putter. Oh yeah, he's a good putter. <laughs> when we played with him, dude. I mean, like he he made our golf course, which is fairly flat, not a lot to it. But he made. I mean, he made putts look fucking easy as hell. Yeah. You know, and that was when he talked to us after the first green. We walk off the first green here, and he goes, "Yeah, under my feet, these felt a little bit more firm than I thought they would be." Whatever commentary he said, and I'm like, "Fuck, I've never thought how a green feels under my feet." Like that is a sign of somebody who knows what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, who does it for a fucking living, right? And is successful. Yeah. So clearly, the guy knows what he's doing on the greens. Just based on even feel under his feet, I think that he could, uh, if his putter gets hot, um, obviously if he hits good approach shots, yeah, you never know, right? I mean, I'd love to see him make the cut. Would love to see him make the cut and hang around in the weekend and will hang, he out make, with, hang out with Tiger Woods toward the bottom or will something. He, will he make the cut? I think he will. Do I think he can? You know, he would have to have... You know, I'm just trying to think, like, uh, watching his game, his his ball striking is good. Yeah. He doesn't hit it very far. Doesn't hit it very far. He doesn't. He He hits it about as far as I do, which is not very far. He doesn't hit it very far, but he has a wedge game that's incredible. Uh, Dialed in. So he could take the Zach Johnson approach. Take advantage of the par fives. Just dial in. Yep. Birdie birdie as many par fives as he can because he's going to – Either be getting home in two, or he's going to be putting himself in position to be able to just zero in on some pins. One or the one or the other. When Zach won the Masters, he committed he laid, yeah. to laying up to every single part, like even the thirteen, right? Yeah, which that didn't make a ton of sense to me. I didn't get that. Now it doesn't. He he hits a draw. Yeah. So you go around that corner, and like yeah. I still. Th- it was a different day and time. And by the way, that week, too, that he won, it was a shitty weather and whatever else, too. So maybe he – who knows if he changed that mindset that week or if he went into that week with that. I don't I don't remember. But Zach Johnson has no chance this week. So <laughs> we're <laughs> – <laughs> 
He's playing better though. Right I know, now. you know he is, and he's a good putter. He's actually a really good. He's as, if you look at statistics on the putting, he's right there with Tyler. Like well, very good putter. Zach, like over the past like 10, 15 years, one of the best putters on tour. Mm-hmm. He's real. I mean, like Furick. Yep. yep. Zach Johnson. Zach Johnson. When you're not long, you have to be a great putter. Well, that's why. Well, guys like. Duncan and him or whatever. I also think they have phenomenal short games um, uh, that get them in position to make those putts. So meaning, um, you know, now you're not going to hit chips within, uh, you know, three feet every time for tap-ins. But if these guys feel comfortable getting themselves within like a nine-foot circle, let's just say, or even a seven or six-foot circle, and they feel comfortable making those seven, six-footers, they're making them. They're good. They're good enough putters to hit those, and they hit a lot of shorter, shorter putts. Not short putts, but shorter putts. Doesn't help them in the birdie scenario, but they don't get big numbers. I got two questions. I'll move on to one, one other person, um, but then I got a, a question after that, so I, I don't want to forget it. Actually, I'll ask a question before I move on to the next person. Who's the best three putters on tour over the past 10 years? Three, just three. Oh my god. Um, I'm just saying overall best, not clutch, just overall best. Over the last three years, ten, ten years, ten. Uh, you're gonna. I mean, you're gonna be, uh, Jordan Spieth, phenomenal putter. Great well, putter. yeah, that's good. I mean, He's phenomenal putter. I mean, that you, you objectively, you have to say he has to be in the top three. Um, in the last, if you're gonna give me the last ten years, I mean, shit. I'd say I'd say Ricky. Um. Rick is a uh, another great short game guy and makes great short putts. I, I would, I would great agree. bunker player, great, very good bunker player, great putter. Yep, just Absolutely. something up here. Yep. Who's the third? Stricker. Over past ten, I'd be twenty for him. Well, whatever. Ten years, like up until probably the last. Four, He's incredible putter. Other, up, up until like probably the last four years, the guy was still actually pretty competitive. He's an incredible putter. Phenomenal putter. I mean, I could I could go with Furyk too, even ten years ago. Like, but you're saying like over the the whole ten year period? Okay, yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, you named him. I named him earlier. No, you just named. You said three right there. Oh, I guess. So, so Jordan. I don't know if you said Rick. I said Rick. You said Rick. I think Rick over ten years, like he is a great putter. Yeah. Guy just he hits shitty iron shots. Like shitty, he misses too many greens. No, he's just something. I don't know what's going on because yeah. he actually drives the ball decently, and then he misses greens. He forces himself to have to make putt too many putts because he doesn't hit greens. So, all right, who's your third guy? <sighs> I mean, I know I said Stricker. I got to think of somebody else, but um, probably Brooks, and that's just not from clutch. Like his putting for. Four, four and a half years is just like, it, it's off the charts in majors. It's off the charts. He, um, he, here's, so the statistic I saw today for him, he rarely three putts. Rarely. And that's. He is, he is top in not three, he's one of the top players in not three putting. So to me, that's a, that's a statistic that uh, um, is underrated. You know, one of the other top, actually, here you go. Here's a top putter. Charles Howell III. Here's a guy consistent that continues to be on tour, keep his tour card, and never fucking wins. Never. 
Do you know why? Because he's a good fucking putter. Yep. He's a really good putter. He isn't the, the ball striker no. I thought he was out to be. He but hits the ball far. He's, but he's a phenomenal putter. Phenomenal putter. So my number one over the past 10 years, it's, yeah, it's in between Brooks and Spieth. It might be Brooks. Especially during these this run of majors. I'm just saying over the past 10, yeah. it's a close. Yeah. And I'm just from an objective point of view, like Brooks. Get, the like guy he, doesn't three-putt. When he fucking starts putting, he's yeah. it's like a robot. Yeah. When Spieth hits putts, it's like, it's like watching Steph Curry hit three-pointers. Yes. You know what I mean? Just it's, pulls up and you're like, fuck, he made that? What, what the? the? But Brooks steps in, probably more confidently, steps into a putt than anybody you watch. Yeah, you're just like, it's going in. He like he like going in. He like looks at a read. He totally trusts it, and he goes. And I'm not talking about the long putts. Like Spieth makes more long putts than Brooks. But when Brooks has a ten footer for birdie and he sees it, he he steps in more confidently more often than a lot of. Well, how Tiger used to. Tiger used to step into those putts and be like, "This is good." Tiger's the best putter of all time. Yes, in my opinion of all time. That's that's different than I'm just at the past ten. That's why I would differentiate it. So. Um, now I was, my next question was, what's Ricky going to do this week? (sighs) Make the cut or no cut? You know, so from what I know of Ricky, he, he hasn't been out a ton. There's not a lot of talk about him. Obviously there's no fans. That might be good for him. It could be. So my, where he's at right now is he's flying under the radar, right? So like Rick is flying under the radar. And one of the things that. And I don't know all the details to this, but apparently he's been working on his swing. Now, I don't want to call it a swing overhaul. I don't want to call it, like, whatever. But apparently he's been working on his swing. Um, Is he with Butch? Might be with Butch. Another thing we got to Google here. But, um, you know, anybody who's working on their swing, um, it's, it's not like you going to Carbone. And after one lesson, being like, yeah, dude, it's amazing what I'm doing. I, I I, it's, probably, it's probably a little bit different than, than you going to Carbone and walking away after one lesson, would be my guess. Um, but, I, I mean. But I'm not a golfer. I love golf. I guess. I mean, I mean we do, too. Tillery. He, he's got Tillery. That's his coach? Yeah. All right. So he's working on his swing. Yep. And he wh- changed it basically during quarantine. Um, Is it, but when they say that shit, like, what are you doing? Like, what are you trying to do? Give me an idea. Are you, are you going to, are you, the only thing to me important about a swing change is that you're eliminating one side of the golf course. Why does it, like, if you take the, the, the advice of the best ball striker ever that everybody agrees upon, Ben Hogan. What's the most important thing to do? Like, know where you're going to hit that ball and where you're going to miss. Yeah. If you're going to, if you don't hit it where you want it to, know where you're going to miss. And if you got a two way miss, you're done. You can't make it on tour. That's why DJ, dude, DJ doesn't like turning the ball over. You ever see that dude hit a draw? Not he, anymore. He doesn't hit him. Early in his, early in his game, he did. He does but, not like it. No. And I think he's like, fuck that. I'm, I'm going to stick with this. Stick with a cut. So he's working on three things. Less early turn. This is according to a golf.com uh, article. 
less early turn. So apparently he used to probably pull his hands Get away. Get quick. Pull his hands away too quick. And then uh, better backswing shift, so shifting his weight better. Um, maybe he hasn't been getting far enough back to his right side uh, to a degree. Uh, better, basically better coil, so better shift of his weight. And then more launch, so he must be... Um, hitting the ball low. He must be trying to uh, really get... Um, Obviously, especially at least from a driver perspective, that that probably club he has delivering with a stupid talent. Oh, you want to talk about a guy stupid. like we talk? We talk about like Bubba Watson and who are we just talking about that has great hands? Phil Mickelson and those guys. This guy is just a straight up athlete. He's a little dude, but he just has like this athletic like ability to just look at shot. It's why he's such a good putter. He look he standing over a putt, he looks more comfortable standing over a putt than most people. There are a lot of putters out there. Like Jordan Speeds to me when he's standing over a putt, sometimes, sometimes to me, I'm like, God, he looks uncomfortable standing over that putt. He still makes a decent stroke and he whatever. He looks Ricky, uncomfortable all the time. He does. But between Brooks and and Ricky those two guys look more comfortable standing over putts than probably any any guys on tour. Ricky looks comfortable to me all the time though. Just I casual, just I just think I think his head is like is like a fucking well, Ferris wheel up there. Like, well, and that's why he can't close on Sunday. So here's the deal: Ricky makes the cut this week, but that's it. I do I think he makes the cut this week? Yeah, I do. This field's pretty thin. It's only like 90 guys. There's no no amateurs yeah. in here. But the cut is tough. 50. 50 plus 50. ties. That's that's the tightest for majors. Which I like it though. I like it. So, I mean, my the only let's leak into the last guy that I think we probably have some interest in that we've both talked about a little bit, uh Bubba. Mhm. Bubba is a guy that could win this golf tournament. Um, I think Bubba will win this golf tournament. He is my pick this week. I like him. Um, Bubba play, uh, placed in top 10 in both the Zozo and the CJ Cup tournament, which are the last two that he played. Um, and he's playing good golf right now, and he loves fucking Augusta, and Augusta sets up for lefties. Uh, and... You know, like he's, like so. My problem. point is, he's trending. He loves the golf course, but, and he's won before. No, and, um, wait a minute, you didn't remember the fourth thing, which isn't like which people kind of like. You have to be kind of a golf nerd to know, like the dude like suffers from like big anxiety. Oh yeah, there's no patrons there. Yeah, no fans. So he's not gonna be as freaked out. The no. dude's gonna be unbelievably comfortable. Yeah. He's like, yeah. he's like, he's not he going to offend anybody. He tells his cat, right? he's like, right. dude, those, what the hell is that guy looking at? Why is he looking at me? He literally, yeah. like, he's, yeah. he's no. almost borderline a little, like, eh, he's a little neurotic. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, think of the paranoia the guy's looking. He, he's my uh, top, uh, him and Brooks is my two top two picks. Yeah. I, I mean, I, if Brooks is, Brooks is trending. If Brooks is healthy right now, he had a great uh, tournament last he's week. Trending. Uh, DJ had a great tournament last week. I think we could have a battle Ooh, of long hitters. Battle. I mean, I, I I literally look at like the long hitter board, and I'm like, shit. Rory's, Bubba can get him. Bubba's deep. 
But Bubba, Bubba is good. I think Rory could compete. I think DeChambeau. I think DJ. And I, I, and I think Kepka. And I'm like, okay, beyond that, yeah, sure. I mean, I like Cantlay. I think Cantlay's been playing solid He's golf. He's a stud. He's freaking good He's right now. Stud. Hatton, cocky as shit. I love him going into Augusta right now. Freaking awesome. He has this the weirdest looking swing, too. It and is, but it doesn't matter. And it's so great the way he executes. Yeah. My pick, it'd be Toke Rack, long as shit, just won a few weeks ago. Oh, top in some putting statistics. Downside with Coke Rack, never played Augusta before. Or never played in the Masters before. He's never played Masters? I don't think so. No. Way. I think this is his first match. No way. I think this is his first No match. way. No way. You I might guess. be right, but I can't believe it. Kokrak's been around like he's been around, but I think this might be his first Masters. Well, he wasn't there last year for sure. I actually am, I think we we're the first time in total where Bubba's my pick. Bubba's my pick. He's a guy I think he can win it. And now, you know, he'll he'll, he'll Bubba show now. up. He'll you know, <laughs> here's what'll happen. This was actually funny. Uh, Norman said this today. I was listening to uh, on Sirius, the PGA station on Sirius, and Norman had a whole hour show today. Greg Norman did, which was is cool. Good? Was it good? It was okay. It was all right. But because they were taking fan calls and fan questions, and and they were asking about uh, not having one of the fans asked like, "What about not having fans there? Is that going to be weird? Is that going to throw these guys off? Whatever." And he goes, "Actually, it could throw the ball off." He's like, where, you know, if somebody started hitting it into the, the fucking trees, and, but it hit some people, and it kicked back out, and it, they didn't have his... He's like, now they're going to go all the way deep into the trees. They could have a worse angle <laughs> than if they actually hit some patrons. I thought that was the best comment, because it, it's kind of true. There could be some guys that are a little off. And... So our limited experience in tournament golf, yeah. you and I, you're still, you're wanting to win no matter what. But if people are watching you... You got a shit ton of people watching. Have you ever done that? Like where like a bunch of people are watching you. Oh yeah. I've had a like one time mm-hmm. a club in St. Louis, and there was this event that was like a. It was like the the downs, like a horse race, and we go all the way down from yeah. like ten to one on nine yeah. holes. And we this was the biggest event at this club. We'd had three hundred people watching you, and. I loved it. I was in it, and I got all the way down the final hole, and I, I like people get you pumped up, and they're yelling and screaming. It's like fuck, you shank a ball, you look like a moron, or if you hit a good shot, like you look like a hero, and you just get pumped up. I think some of these players they thrive on that. Oh yeah. Now, never been in the Masters. Co Craig's first Masters. He's he's screwed. Now I do love him. As like a but, top twenty, but. but now I look at like these guys that are winning, like DeChambeau, and uh, we didn't talk about Colin Marikawa. So I look at these guys that are winning now. You know, when they're younger and they're in college, nobody's watching you. It's kind of similar to like what's going on now. Do I think like Colin Marikawa would have won the PGA Championship with a full crowd? No, I don't. I, and I commend him. I was like, dude, I'm not taking anything yeah. away from him. He oh, did he, it. He was able to just focus, dial in, not be distracted, not have the pressure of the people around, like all that. Yeah. I don't think he would have. I just don't. Some people are saying that they don't think uh, Bryson's with wins the U.S. Open with the fans either. Because he would have, those New York guys, New York, it's a tip, dude, it's the way it should be. Oh yeah, it's a different. It's part. It's part of professional golf. 
part of professional sports. Yes, is fucking people yelling at you. Yeah, yeah. Wh- good or bad, right? Yeah. It's part of, like, when I'm at a Pacer game and I got good seats and me blowing shit to the other team because I can, you know, because I'm right there. and Just telling, like, Michael Jordan he sucks. Yeah. When I, when, I know he doesn't. He's amazing. He was one of the best players ever. But I was like... I love him, Jay. Oh, God, so good. Actually, I never talked trash to him. Who did I talk shit to? I'd have to think back. There was like might have been Shaq one time. I was like, Shaq, can't shoot a free throw. He gave me like a look. <laughs> Whatever. Most shit I've talked was at like a Purdue uh, basketball game with Tom Izzo. Like, Tom, s- sit down. No, you're already you're already sitting down. <laughs> oh, Izzo, that dude. God, he I hate. I don't like him. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, never played the Masters Code correct. By the way. Um, I, th- I, I do think the fan issue, um, if it's, a, if you want to call it an issue, um, I, th- I think it actually, there's an asterisk. It, here. It, it could favor. So where the asterisk comes in, just as I was talking about Kokrak, it could favor the first time player. So if these guys, right. I agree. I agree. You don't see those seas of people. Like I'm with jump- the, and the chairs all set up and shit. Right? I'm making a jump right now. Yeah. So let's go a year ahead. Fans been back. Not even a year. Let's, no, five let's, months. No, no. Let's go five. <laughs> no. Let's well, go, actually, there might not be fans by next April. Let's go five years ahead. Yeah. Okay. Just stay with me. Yeah. Bryson DeChambeau, Colin Marikawa, haven't won another major. Have not? Have not. In five years? In five years. Have not. Either one of them. Will that prove to you that fans make that big a difference? That's a good, that's good. I like that question. Yeah. That, that's good. Um, hypothetical. Um, if Bryson has not won one, yes. Then I do believe the, there's the fan scenario. Uh, I totally believe that because I, 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 I thought the guy was talented before the bulk up. I was the whole science thing on the golf. Like I, I was sold on that shit before. Dude, I made a t-shirt about it with the whole leaving this fucking pin in thing. Like, and how he was like sold on doing that before he even started bulking up. I'm like, this guy is thinking about the game differently than anybody else. If he doesn't win another major and whether that's a, He'd be great for a British. Um, I think he, obviously, with the U.S. Open was good for him. I think he could easily win a PGA and a Masters because of his length. Um, actually, I think he could be a, a Grand Slam, you know, career Grand Slam kind of guy. I think he's that good. But Morikawa wins another one, I could totally be on the side of, yeah, he won because there was no fans. I just think Bryson's in a different bracket. But... If he doesn't win another one, do you think the fans were that big? No, not with him. Because he's going to keep winning golf tournaments. Here's my thing with, uh, with Bryson. Whether he wins, and this is, a, I've kind of thought about this too for a long time. Like, it's so funny. We put all this emphasis on four different tournaments a year, these four specific tournaments a it's year. That matters. Which, <laughs> that, that matter, right? But like, this dude's going to win a ton of golf tournaments every year. He's going to. He's probably going to win a FedEx Cup one of these years. He's probably going to win a ton of – he could win a ton of golf tournaments, not even a major, and win a FedEx Cup just because he's fucking good. 
I just think something weird's going to happen with that guy. Well, he could get hurt. There's something there that like is not. He, ex- here, I think there's something unexpected is going to happen, un- and I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. You like, don't want it to happen. No, but I just that's the feeling I, I get. I well, I'm concerned when you when anybody does something like this to their body, and whether it's and I, that quick. And I'm not going to go steroids or whatever, but you, you think about the athletes that you know that did take steroids. I and mean, I'm not making any assumptions about Bryson, but we're, let's just... I don't think he did. I don't think he did either. I think he just literally just was like, I'm going to put on weight and try to muscle up. Okay, fine. Um, but you look at how many players in the NFL that bulk up quickly, do some things, and, and what they end up, what these guys end up doing to their body long term. Um, and, and Tiger has admitted that the running has fucked with his knees and his back. And you look at what kind of pressure that puts on your body, not in the short term, but in the long term, I am concerned for him in that, in that space because he's putting, because he's, because of the weight, not because of the strength, but because of the weight. I think your body is only meant to carry so much weight. Like me, for example, I put on 10 pounds. It's probably not healthy. I probably need to take it off because the weight's not good. For my body. <laughs> but I keep drinking beer. So, hey, whatever. What are you going to do? You switch to bourbon. Yeah. Well, I need to actually probably need to exercise. Could help. Might e- help. Exercise is key. But let's, let's take this back full circle. Question what I had. All right. I like that. What you said. You don't think that in five years, if Bryson hasn't won another golf tournament, uh, major, major, major. You don't think that fans were as big an effect? Correct. Not with him. Uh, Malik uh, Morikawa, on the other hand? I actually think the opposite. I think the opposite. Mm. Because I've seen Bryce, and he's pretty, he's pretty uh, vanity-ridden. Like, the way he gave some shit to the cameraman about, like, dude, don't, don't get that shit on camera about when I'm saying that. Like, he's, he, he is noticing everybody around him a lot. Good point. Good point. He's building his brand. Yeah. Well, it's a shitty brand anyway. It's kind of like a Donald Trump brand, if you really think about it. It's just, it's kind of arrogant. But I kind of like it. Well, yeah, for the same reason you like Donald Trump, because he owns it. Yeah. He's guys he's, like you like guys like you and I like it because he owns it. People that aren't like that though, that 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 feel like they have to fit in. There's by the way, 50% or more of the population feels like they have to fit in. There's maybe, then there's probably another 30% that are like, they want to carve their own way, but they don't want to offend people. And then there's literally like, maybe like, what, 20% of the population that are like, I'm going to do my own thing. So he's one of the 20% that's like, I don't give a shit. I'm gonna he, do doesn't, it anyway. he doesn't give a damn. And, and so guys like you and I might admire him, but basically 80% of the population thinks he's off. Yeah, but here's the thing. Because he doesn't fit in, or he might be offending some but people. Here's, but here's the Fuck. big difference, though, that, you know, the 80% or whatever you're saying, people that... I'm throwing did, numbers out, too. I, know, I don't know. I, I know, the, but, you know. but but I'm, if the people that say, like, you know, the 80% you talk about, it's like, here's the difference. I, I still think Bryson, like, personally, could be a douche. Like, like I respect what he's doing, yeah. but do I want to maybe hang around and have a beer with him? And he'd probably like start talking like, dude, Bryson, shut the fuck up. Like you wouldn't. You it, it's no different than the Donald. The guy's a douche. 
But I bet you I could sit down and probably learn something from the guy. Oh, and I'd yeah. probably be interested. Bryson, the respect I have, like what he's doing. Yeah. He is super, dude, he's abnormally intelligent. I mean, he's like, abnormally intelligent. Hey, by the way, I, I'm using Donald as an example. I could, we could do the same thing with like, like I don't really love Mark Cuban, but at the same time, I'm like. You know you can't do that with? You can't probably do that with Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Did we just go political with this show? That's amazing. Hey, it doesn't matter. The political side doesn't matter. But my point is, is there's there's plenty of people that people like and don't like and um, for whatever reasons, like I think uh, anybody that's on like the shark, t- the, all those sharks on the Shark Tank, they all come across. They're they're in that twenty percent bracket where they're going to do whatever the hell they want to do, and they they kind of annoy people or whatever. But you know what? At the same time, I always look at those kind of individuals where, um, and and maybe this is this is stuff I've told like people that work for me. I go, this is always how I've gone about my career, is that whether I like working with you or I like being around you or whatever. I am always going to take something away from whatever that interaction or that relationship was. So I had bosses early on in my career that I was like, who this dude, geez. But I was like, well, what I always tried to seek out, like, well, what's the one thing that got them where they were? Cause they clearly like, they're my boss for a reason. What is that? And I looked for that and I was like, I was like, okay, what is that? And, and one of them was because they were, they were like an arrogant ass. And I'm like, okay, well they, he just went after what he wanted. And then, you know, another guy was just like, um, you know, he was just very detail-oriented to the point where he was just freaking anal. But I was like, okay, I was like, I get it. Like, some people like that. You know, that's what they want. They want the details. They want the, the, the every I dotted and every T crossed. Fine. It's okay. That might not be my way. But I, I look at it a lot of, like, these guys, and you look at, like, a Bryson or you look at some of these other dudes, and that's just who they are. Tiger's that way. Tiger doesn't give a shit about what anybody else thinks of him. But what, what can we all take away from that? What can we all take away from what Bryson's doing? What can we take away from what Tiger's done? I think we can all learn a lot about golf from, well, really any of these professional athletes, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, the common denominator, though, is greatness. They want to win. So bad. That's it. That's the so main bad. thing. So, like, they can be all different in their approach, but... All they give is shit about it, the twenty percenters. They don't care about please. They want to win. Yeah, they aren't there to please people. No, no. There's very, very few of these guys are out there to please people. They put up a front, like especially athletes in my mind, like not just golfers, whatever. They put up this whole like facade that like makes it look. Oh, I'm a great they wanna, person. They, they beat don't your give ass. a shit. They, they wanna, just want to beat your ass. They just want to beat your ass. Yep. It's it. They don't care. Um. That well, was, that was good, man. I like so, that little circle there we just had on on fucking athletes. So cool. before we try some booze from a local distillery here, Ooh, um, yeah. it's exciting. Yeah, well, should we, we talk, talk about our our like where let's we, go, where let's we go really stand betting. with like winning and gambling and yeah, really? let's go in our betting before we we try some booze. Um, where are your uh, where are your bets this week? Hold on, let me let me get into my DraftKings. We are not sponsored by DraftKings, but we could be, so we're gonna give them a little free plug. On this episode of the Faded Golf Podcast, um, let me log in. Uh, let's see here. So yeah, just like Bryson, we're hoping we get a little kickback from DraftKings. Um, let's see here. So um, I, so most of my money. So I've got one, two, three. They're giving me cash four. out offerings right now. They do that. They'll give you money back because they're like, hey, we 
they don't want to lose it. One, two, three, four. I think I've got five. I don't People know. take that shit. I just took it on the Colts. I had twenty five. I had twenty five dollars on the Colts to win the Super Bowl. They they offered me fourteen dollars to cash out. I took it. They gave um, me they gave me a uh, cash out offer on speed for like a almost winner. all your money back. So they know that like I, I wagered twenty bucks. Yeah, he's gonna almost pay fifteen hundred. Yeah, for speed. Yeah, which is kind of what crazy are they gonna give you back? Almost the whole twenty. Nineteen dollars. Yeah, eighteen twenty five. Yeah, which is. But like T Dunk, no, they're not doing that. I got thirty bucks on Bubba Watson. They'll they're willing to give me twenty seven seventy five right now to cash out because they don't they dude trust me they don't want to give me a thousand dollars. So I got Brooks. Right, so I, I have one, two, three, four, uh, I've got four, five. Hold on, let me look at just my open bets here. One, two, three, four. I have five players to win outright that I've put money on. Would you like to know my five? Yeah. Okay. But the first player I put money on was Tony Finau to win. What's uh, the payout? Uh, I put 40 bucks on him. I, it'll pay out 1000 I've got... Kevin Kistner for five bucks. It'll pay me seven fifty-five if he wins. I like him because he's just—it's a local boy. You just never know. Um, I got—I walk in my putts. Kevin Na, five dollars will pay a thousand. I got Brant Snedeker, oh my God. who is also loves playing at Augusta. Hopefully, we'll have his shit together. Another very good putter. Uh, five dollars, we'll pay a thousand, and then I have Bubba Watson. Thirty dollars will pay me nine ninety. That's a good one. I didn't. I got to get my bet in for Bubba. I don't have it in. Yeah, I almost missed the Bubba one. I have Brooksy. Twenty bucks, three sixty payout. I got DJ twenty bucks, one ninety payout. I got Rory twenty bucks, two eighty. T Dunk. 20 bucks, 1600 and Jordan Spieth, 20 bucks, 1420 Yeah. And I'm going to place the bet right now for, for Bubba. Bubba. I like the Bubba pick. I actually think Justin Thomas is um, a good pick to win this week. He's not a good bet, though. So if you want to go um, back to just, like, tournament lines, I don't love like I really like Justin or Dustin Johnson this week. Uh, I really like Justin Thomas this week. I just don't think they're going to pay you back real well if they win. Um, so I'm not putting money on them because I just don't. I'm like I'd rather put five dollars on who I did, um, uh, w- meaning like Snedeker, Nah, Kissner, because they can win me a freaking buttload of money for five bucks. Then put. 20 bucks or a hundred bucks on Thomas. I just, I, I, to me, I think like the, for me, betting golf, you're better. I, I prefer to bet small amounts on players that are long shots that could have bigger payouts than betting big amounts on players that like, again, could just shit the bed for the week 
just because they're favored, that doesn't mean shit to me. Like, like I've golf is golf, golf, dude. You and I. Here's the one thing I know about golf and gambling. Every week we go out and play, right? And we go play for our fucking ten dollar little fucking Nassau. And if I knew that I could play the exact same round of golf every single week, and 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 I knew exactly what I was going to shoot every single week because of maybe what I shot last week or the week before or whatever it was, I probably could win a whole lot of money playing fucking even $10 Nassau's. But at the end of the day, golf is golf. And we have no idea, zero, how these guys are really going to, like, execute. I'm this week. not going to win shit. I'm going to lose every bit of Pro- Probably my, not. My probably not. But that's why I like these. So here's, the, here's, here's what I'm going to tell you. If you're going to go out and gamble on golf this week, I don't think it's about picking the winner. I love, at least on, this is on DraftKings, the matchups. So there's a matchups bet. It's not the prop bets. There's, there's plenty of prop bets. Those are just as bad as picking fucking winners because it's just luck. But I like the matchups. So whether it's one-on-one matchups and you parlay those together into however many ways you want to parlay them, or they do these tournament group parlays as well. Um, like, for example, group A of the parlay, or well, what I would parlay, group A is Dustin Johnson, DeChambeau, John Rahm, McElroy, Justin Thomas. What you're doing is you're picking... And you're just creating a Nassau with those guys. You're picking who's going to come out of that group better than the other four, right? And then, the, then you go to the next group, Shoffley, Kepka, Hatton, Matsuyama, Cantley. Who's going to come out of that group? And then the next group is Finau, Day, Morikawa, Reed, Watson. Pick three right there. So here, here we go. I think I'm just going to give you an example of why I think this is the better bet. I'm going to take Justin Thomas because I think he's going to come out of that group. And I'm also going to take Patrick Cantlay, which, by the way, both of these are the highest odds of these group. And I'm going to take Bubba Watson because I think he's going to rank out. Those are the three highest, like, highest best odds. I'm going to put $2, $2 on picking those three that they're going to come out of that group of five, and that's a $250 payout. That is the best bet you can make right now. You're basically picking three dudes putting two bucks on it. You could put $5 on it. Shit, I put $5 on it. And uh, that's $600 payout. Your best bet right now is to parlay the matchup picks. I love it. Not to go pick the winner of the tournament, because the winner of the tournament is going to be the winner of the tournament. How about against these other four people, how are you going to do? Or there's other tournament matchups, which is how are they going to finish one-on-one? And you could parlay this deeper. So, like... I got Corey Connors versus Munoz. You know what? I'm going to take Munoz because he's hot right now. And then you got DeChambeau and McElroy. We already talked about it till we were fucking blue in the face. DeChambeau's going to be badass this week. He's going to beat McElroy this week. Uh, Finau Matsuyama. Matsuyama, he's a good player, but he's still, sorry. Tony Finau loves fucking Augusta. Uh, Fitzpatrick, Kokrak. Told you. I love Kokrak. He's long. He's putting well. Uh, Lanto, Griffin, Snedeker. I told you I like Snedeker. And uh, Day, Morikawa. I think Morikawa, even though there's no fans, 
that, that dude won one tournament. It's a random deal. I like Jason Day. So now I got six guys, six different matchups. I'm going to go parlay that. I'm going to put five bucks on it. That pays $250. If those six, if just, just those matchups that I picked hit. It's no different than picking NFL games. Who's going to fucking win? And you win $250. Love it. I love it so much better than having to pick exactly who you think the winner is going to be or a top five or even top 20 or whatever. Parlay that shit. Well, let, let's, let's recap next week when, this, when the results happen. Yep. We'll do it you know, you wanna, Monday you wanna, or Tuesday. You want to hear my craziest parlay, though, before we, before we get into the booze? Let's see what the craziest payout parlay I got. Ready for this? So I was telling you about those five groups, mm-hmm. right? The where there there are five players in each group. So I got Justin Thomas coming out of Group A, Shoffley coming out of Group B, Patrick Reed coming out of Group C, Matt Wolf winning Group D, Group uh, E is Oosthuizen, and Group F is Kokrak. What's that pay? What do you think that pays on a five? Uh, sorry. Yes, a $5. That's a $5 parlay. I had to pick six players to win their grouping. Three, gra- three grand. $31,000 if that hits. <laughs> if that hits, you're going to lose your shit. I will lose my shit. But here's the thing. I only had to pick six guys. If you get that right. I will fucking blow shit up, dude. We're going to get fireworks. It's going to be insane. That's a $31,000 payout. It's dumb. That's this awesome. is here here you go. Here's my here's the other one. So another sick part Justin Thomas, Tyrell Hatton, Patrick Reed, Webb Simpson, Oosthuizen and Paul Casey. Again, totally random. Not as big, not as big, but $14,000 on a $2 bet. I didn't even bet the five dollars. I bet two dollars on that. That's crazy. I could win fourteen grand. That's so. Po- my point is, folks, pick a bunch of random of those groupings, put a dollar or two dollars on them, and you might win thousands of dollars. You might. You never know. Yeah, you. But do. parlay that shit. You do need to get a little. Uh... It's it's. Here's the thing. If you've got, if you can afford, um, if you can afford to gamble twenty dollars. This week on DraftKings, um, I recommend you do ten two-dollar parlays on these groups. Just ran, you know, just go by your gut, but do ten two-dollar parlays because they're going to pay anywhere from four to probably fifteen thousand dollars. Insane. That is the bet right now. Parlay that shit. Don't don't bet on one guy. Let's get in some booze. All right, we're gonna get in some booze. Okay, we are back. Um, we've uh, we've got some peanut butter snack mix. We've got uh, what is it? so. This is uh, tell us a little bit about the bourbon or whiskey. Whiskey, whiskey we'll be trying here. So in our ventured, in our in our masters classes, ventured ventured up to the distillery in. Um, um, put, that, put put your glass over here. We're gonna take a picture, like set this up. Ventured to a distillery in Sheridan, mm-hmm. Indiana, which is just north of Westfield. We're gonna put this right 
You getting that picture? Yeah, this is gonna we'll send we'll send this out on the gram, and uh, be good. Okay, keep going, keep talking. So, went up there last weekend. Had no idea what I was in for, and and was actually very pleasantly surprised, like how cool this place was. Not a big distillery. They had one big still, uh, whiskey still. They probably had, I don't know, when I went out to their barrel room, they probably had 20 barrels. Okay. Like for an aging process. Um, they make whiskey, vodka. I think vodka is kind of like their main thing. Hmm. And then um, uh, also they're making rum too. Um, Everybody's making vodka though. They, I mean, shit. Dan Blazarian's making vodka. But I wasn't expecting much, to be honest. Sure. And I had it there. You haven't had it yet. Nope. And I was like, this is pretty solid. For, like I was, and it's young, right? Yeah, it's three years. Three years. Yeah. So we had the old 50... Is it called old 55? <clears throat> yeah, old 55, which is also Indiana. That was probably a five... Was that a and five? It, was, it might have been five years old. Yeah. It was a corn... Mm-hmm. Based, kind of tastes like this. Okay. To be honest, but this is younger. Yeah, it's younger, but it's it's good. I had it. So I drank got, on the rocks. So we've we've got it on some wa- some uh, ice right now, which is in in our masters. Which this uh, you know they're low balls here. So they they call it the eighty eight. Yeah, because it's eighty eight proof. Okay, so it's, it's heavier. It's heavier. I mean, it's not really heavy. Forty-four. Well, it's not like that hundred that we're gonna no. sample next week yeah. after the master's review. Yeah, There's that, that tequila I got for next week. Let's give it a whirl. Let's give it All a right. try. Woo! Young. Woo! That. Um, I'm not gonna lie. It tastes like gin. Gin? It tastes like gin to me. I thought it had like a little bit of a like a I mean like a not just totally whiskey taste to it. It tastes like gin to me. <laughs> because we've been drinking other bourbon and beer and then eating peanuts. And eating peanuts, but like and maybe because gin has that like Freaking alcohol kick to it. It tastes different than what I had the other night. But even on the nose, it doesn't taste like bourbon to me. That's weird. <laughs> when I had it there last weekend, I was like, it, it tastes like whiskey to me. It tastes good. This does taste different to me. Why? This is odd. Hold on. Did take we a do, drink here. Did we take, do something take a, wrong? Take, take a like, drink yeah, Is it the peanuts or something that's throwing this off? It could be something like that. Take a drink of the beer. Because I, I know what the taste you're... Yeah, because I know like the, I'm getting the same kind of taste. Did you, you, did you, are you hearing me on the like, it does, gin? And it did not taste like that before. I mean... It, it, and you, gin's just got that alcohol to it, right? Yeah, now I'm drinking a little bit more. It's starting to change. Here's the deal. This is really young. 
really young. There is not much to this. It just tastes like alcohol to me, um, which I, I, I attribute gin to being like that and vodka being like that, which is just some young freaking alcohol that gets you fucked up. Um, this needs a lot more work. Um, there's something here potentially, but they got to put it in some barrels and age this thing. See, I had um, it up there. I had it neat. I had it other barrels. It tasted like whiskey to me. This, I'm, I'm getting the same taste. It's just, it's really young. It just tastes like a. But gin. I, but I had it. It tastes. It like, tastes like a gin vodka to me. Now that being said, even though when I first took a sip, I'm like gin, whatever. It's smooth. It's not like burning me or something like that. It's not hurting me. But I get the same. You know, same it's not like feel. burning my nostrils. But I'm getting the same feel as you are. I'm not getting a whiskey taste. But there's no flavor there. There's yeah. just like nothing there. It's uh, it's it need we watered it down too much? No. I mean we can try it neat too, but I don't think we sat on this very long. We just put it on some ice to cool it. But um as I'm drinking a little bit more, it goes down easy. That's what I'm saying. It's smooth. There's something there. Um, but I, I just think it's really young. There's not a lot of flavor. You just have there. to it's age it. Yeah, it's just young. There's just not a lot of flavor to it. So how many barrels do you think they have that they're aging right now that they aren't serving? Probably 10 or 12. So not a ton. Well, I had it. So I had it when I was up there last weekend. And I, I, but you can it, tell. Enjoy here's the thing. It like, I mean, we, I'll share the picture on Instagram and you guys will see it. I mean it's it's very light in color. So to me that just says right there that it hasn't been sitting in barrels very long. Three years is nothing for a whiskey. No. At all. Unfortunately. You know, three years for a tequila is like you're almost extra añejo like level. Well, but you have like a four year woolet will it? It's expensive as shit and this stuff is good. Well, that four-year willet is good, yeah. You've had it. It's fucking good, yeah. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. So, um, uh, I, it, it tastes... Time, it t- time will tell on this one. I, I here's, the, here's what I will say with it. Um, no different than the old 55, which I like. I don't love, but I like. Excuse me, I'm That's a sneeze. buck 50 a bottle. It's way expensive. How much is this? 35 they're in Target. They actually, they, they say for for thirty five dollars. Here's the deal: for thirty five dollars, actually for twenty four ninety nine, I can get um, a bottle of Buffalo Trace if I can find it. I can also get a bottle of um, uh, Elijah Craig if I can find it. Well, actually, you can find Elijah take, Craig and anywhere. And I'll take both those over this. I will take both of those because they've been aged and they're delicious. And like Buffalo Trace is my probably my. Like, tar- dude, I, I Buffalo Trace is at Target right now for twenty four ninety nine. I love this. Target. Is it? They got they're they're in Target too. Are they? Yeah. So I will be curious what this looks like at seven years. What this will look like Super at eight, smooth. nine. That's the thing. So whatever they're doing to make it so smooth. that it doesn't have like that alcohol bite to it, they got that down. A little it flavoring. Just, there's just no character to it because it hasn't been aged long enough. It's, it's, you know, and I don't. Hey, dude, we've we've only been doing this for a few years now. Um, as far as like tasting stuff, I feel like we're getting better at comparing things. It, it, although we're not professionally trained at it, I think we need not drink this on ice. This thing needs to be aged, though. I think we need to try it neat. 
I don't, I, but I agree. It's, and I have what you said, like with the jet, I got a lot. It's uh, fine. I got like a, I was like, it almost like it didn't have the quite the character yet of whiskey, like distinct from like yeah. vodka or gin. Yep. Like I almost got a feeling like this could be almost vodka. Well, <laughs> right. That's the I feeling mean, I got. I do. It, it's it's kind of like that's the way I'm like. It's like vodka that just tastes a little different, or gin that tastes a little different. It's like a unique gin. I don't know. That's what I call it. whiskey. It's definitely not bourbon. No, it's not bourbon. But they're they're working on it. I think they've got whatever they've put into that barrel that will continue to age over time. Could be really good. Well, the bur the barrels are one time use Jack Daniel barrels. Okay. So Jack Daniels makes their own barrels. Yeah. And they, yeah, they put their how long does Jack Daniels age their you know they're not very long. Four years. Five years, maybe. Four or five years. Do they just make that just keep making a ton of it all the time? Because they're the number one uh, oh, whiskey yeah. seller in the world. Yeah. That between them and Beam, they just make the shit out of that stuff. It was kind of neat looking at those barrels too. Like how they because they make them there. I got a I got a barrel cap. On my wall over here, we could just let it sit on there. Be good. But the way they, I was make, like, how make, do makers, I was like, makers mark? It's like how they make those barrels and they don't leak. No. How they don't leak? He says because the swelling. Yeah, because of the, the moisture. Isn't that neat? That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I my my review on this is that I will not gift it because it's not old enough. Um, but um. To your point earlier, before we even started this tonight, I think it'd be a fun place to go visit, to talk to the people who made it, uh, and I think that uh, anybody who has some distillers in their backyard that are working on some craft stuff, I'm all about visiting it. I think we should go visit these guys. I think we should go visit the old 55 guys. 1205? And, and then we should probably go up to Michigan and... Uh, you know, visit those guys and tell them how bad their shit is. Be good. We we didn't even review that two weeks ago. We told you we would. They have in a- the upcoming. But I'm gonna tell. Well, let me. I'm gonna go grab this bottle real quick because. Um, hang on just a second. Swore you made okay. a separate recording. So, um, so this this last we mentioned this at the end of last episode. We decided not to review it. We we're gonna save it. Um. This is the Journeyman Distillery out of Michigan. Um, this is the Silver Cross Whiskey. One percent of the proceeds of this goes to golf. So I don't know what one percent is. I probably paid forty dollars for this bottle or something like that. So they're gonna get what four bucks? No, forty cents. <laughs> I don't. I'm trying to smell it. I'm sorry. So, how what is it got any more description like what it ages or like did it like, no? So it, that's the thing. It's like um, they put some food coloring in it. It just <laughs> talks about the Silver Cross was given at the British Open. One percent of all proceeds were donated to the betterment of the golf game. This is batch number seventy three, bottled number thirteen fifty five. Um, all right, that's you uh, know it didn't it, if you're pregnant. You might have birth defects <laughs> if you drink this. That I mean. All right, let's try it right now. So, 
We're we're gonna do this one. Would you give it a bigger shot? This is ninety proof. No, dude, I didn't give you. I gave you the same thing. I gave ninety proof, forty five percent alcohol. It's. I mean, it it tastes like or it smells like I could clean paintbrushes with this. <laughs> I just drink it. I I look like Jim Carrey after he saw. Oh, you saw uh, Harry get it out burns, of the Ferrari. It uh, burns when it hits the tongue. There's some interesting just, flavor going on here, but it is. I just saw Harry get out of the Ferrari. I'm dumb and dumber right now. That's the here. Here's so this is so. Last week we decided not to review it. We still actually ended up sampling it, or two weeks ago. Um, this is borderline awful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I will say. To give some credit to it, I believe it's been aged much longer than this uh, the Hunt Club stuff that we tried today. Let's we should try that neat. We can, it's fine, but this is clearly aged more. But whatever they've done to it, they haven't stripped any alcohol out of it. Did they put shoe polish? It burns. (laughs) Yes, it burns. Um, I, I I mean maybe maybe if you made a cocktail with that, meaning. You put some sugar in there, and you did some other stuff to it. Um, maybe uh, you might enjoy that. Maybe. Let's just, and and let's the try only, this. Neat. Here's the thing: as golf fans, the only reason you're buying that is because one percent, which is ridiculous if you really think about it, one percent is going to golf. Which, by the way, I think anybody could just donate one percent to golf to their local first tee program and. Better than buying this shit. I don't know if it got that shit out of there. I like I I think it didn't. Well, well, we'll sip this and then maybe put the other stuff back. I'm it, telling you, man, when I when I drink smooth. this, it's smooth. It is. God, it reminds me of gin. <laughs> Does it not remind you of gin? A bit, a bit. I'm not gonna I can't deny it. There's almost like a pine tree freaking flavor to it. I know what you mean. It tastes like gin. <laughs> Like if I if I bring that aviator gin down right now, I pretty and we drank it side by side, we'd be like, yeah, it's pretty it's, close. It, it 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 has some. It's just raw, man. It's it raw. Just, it just. But needs you know what? No, I, I and just, that could be. No, I just dis- what you know. So if you really think I dis- about it, I just dis- I disagree. I think it's like it's not. It's n- what I was reading. I told you I read a whole book right, that you I understand. on distilling whiskey. And I think um, it's the way that's distilled. Absolutely. So this is it's just young shit. Yeah, but I even think if they age it, it's not going to taste. You don't think it's going to be that good? Well, I don't think it's going to taste more like whiskey. It it's good. I mean, dude, you can drink that stuff. It goes down easy. It's it's actually pretty smooth. It's I mean, like we were objective and like we didn't think it was going to be whiskey. It's good. Well, and especially after like I've got it on water. It's good here. I mean, it's like it's easy to drink. It goes down pretty easy. Like if you're just looking to get fucked up and drink something pretty easy, put it on some ice. So it's good. But so now let's try pour out your shit. Now let's try like some real my shit, huh? I did. Yeah. All right. Are we gonna get all some right. flavor of all the other yeah, shit? So we got the Mictors. We've we've drank this before on the show. Um, it's this is the American whiskey. I know lots of people are fans of the. Uh, um, they've got a, a great sour mash. Um, they also have a good bourbon. Um, I'm trying. They have a fourth one too that I, I don't think we've tried. But 
Um, this is the one we've actually tried, which is the American whiskey. I, I try to keep a bottle That's of this really on good. hand because it's just it's different. It's it's good. All right, let's try it. It's just solid. Give it a whirl. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, so here's the thing. We just drank three different burb- whiskeys. Essentially. It's, not even, it's not even a close contest. We drank one that is so young it tastes like gin. We drank one that is just so bad that I'm happy one, at least 1% is going to golf because I don't feel bad about buying it. And then the Michter's is so good. I could drink it neat. It's good. That's, that's, that's just the difference. Well, I'm going to have. And they're all, I'm going to have a drink here. They're, the, all not, the they're all not bourbons. They're just whiskey. They're whiskeys, some, some American whiskeys of some kind. Um, we're, by the way, we are not professionals, clearly, as we review this kind of stuff. But I tell you, John and I, we both know what we like. We know what we don't like. No, we can be objective, though. And... I can tell you that um, I, I'd love to try new stuff, but I'm not going to overpay for it, and I'm not going to overcredit somebody for something that's way too new to know what it really is. I don't even know if it's a newness. I don't even know if it's distilled right. It might not be. Because... But here's the thing. At three years old, it's definitely not old enough for me to appreciate it. So... I just don't... I just, it's... Now, in like more of an objective viewpoint, like you said, it's better than Journeyman. Well, they, they have so Journeyman has like probably eight different varietals, if you will, of their whiskeys. And I bought this one because of the golf piece to it. They may have a better one that's like their, you know, it could be their uh, Mitchker's American whiskey. I don't know. So I don't want to, I don't want to completely discount. The Journeyman brand, but whatever this silver it's in cross, big red, it is. But whatever the silver cross is that gives them the money to golf, it's shit. I wouldn't. Don't buy it. Just donate your money directly to golf. Don't don't buy the whiskey because you won't. You won't we enjoy will it. silver Journeyman. We'll try your other shit. Because yeah, we'll this, try some other stuff. This that is you have, terrible. But if you're gonna actually donate money to it, put some good shit behind it. So don't don't give me the garbage. So Mark and I have been talking about. Distilling some of our own whiskey. We figured out tequila is just not economical. Got to import so, it. Import too much stuff. So I think by next summer, mm-hmm. we could try some very fresh, young, basically moonshine. Yeah, one year moonshine. We, no, no, no. I think we can do it next summer. Right. It, it'd so be we, one year old. Yeah. We'll, we'll try some whiskey of our yeah. own making. Yeah, it'd be a one year. On here. Okay. Faded whiskey, love it. Do I own that URL yet? <laughs> Somebody's gonna buy it right after this. So we're I own, gonna do it. I do own faded tequila, so don't even try to buy it. <laughs> so dot com. All right, I'm having Mictors. Um, with that, uh, I hope you all enjoy the Masters this week. It is obviously unusual, uh, crazy times. I know. Uh, um, Things uh, around the nation, or at least around the U.S., or in, in in a lot of other areas, are are spiking up a little bit with this COVID kind of coming back. And um, we hope everybody uh, healthiness, safeness here in the uh, upcoming holiday season. We'll uh, we'll try to get back with you next week. But um, take care, everyone. Go out there, especially 
with these last few weeks wrapping up if you are in the Midwest. Go out there, hit more greens, score better, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. See you. Stand up. Pass out. Wake up. Fade it.